Welcome to the Reorg Primary Review, where we cover the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy, and feature discussions on issues affecting distressed debt, leveraged finance, direct lending, high-yield bonds, highly municipals, covenants, private credit, and middle market companies. I'm David Zupkis. For this week's installment, as always, we bring our weekly summary of interesting developments in the restructuring world, as well as a preview of what's on tap for next week. We'll be taking a brief recess this week from our regular interview segment, but we'll be back soon with more premium content. We'd love to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. It's Monday, August 28th. For in-court coverage, we take a look at Millennium Health, Yellow Core, Tiva Pharmaceutical, Diamond Sports Group, and FTX. Last week, a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit unanimously affirmed a lower court's ruling that notes evidencing $1.798 billion in syndicated leveraged loans to Millennium Health do not constitute securities covered by state and federal securities laws. The decision likely ends the threat of court-imposed securities oversight hanging over the leveraged loan market for several years while the Millennium litigation played out. MFN Partners disclosed that it sent a letter to the office of the U.S. trustee asking the U.S.T. to appoint an official equity committee in Yellow's Chapter 11 cases. MFN also sent a letter to Yellow requesting the company to fill two vacancies on its board of directors by appointing two new directors who, quote, possess deep and relevant experience in structuring, implementing, and overseeing value-maximizing transactions in special situations to the board. Tiva Pharmaceuticals has agreed to pay $225 million over five years to resolve criminal price-fixing charges. Separately, a Massachusetts federal judge granted Tiva's request to certify an immediate appeal of a July 14th summary judgment ruling in the U.S. government's False Claims Act litigation against the drug maker and stayed the trial that was scheduled to commence on September 18th. The company has said it could potentially face a $10 billion enterprise-threatening judgment. At a hearing last week, FTX's counsel announced debtors have approximately $7 billion of assets marshaled and available for distribution, including approximately $2.7 billion of cash. Debtors also filed motions seeking court approval to implement a digital asset management and monetization program overseen by Michael Novogratz's firm, Galaxy Digital Capital Management. If approved, FTX would be authorized to sell assets within weekly limits, up to $50 million for the first week and up to $100 million for subsequent weeks, which could be increased to $200 million if certain conditions are met. The Diamond Sports Group debtors unveiled their previously sealed fraudulent transfer complaint against two J.P. Morgan entities. According to the debtors, parents Sinclair Broadcasting siphoned dividends from the debtors while they were insolvent in order to redeem $850 million of J.P. Morgan's preferred equity units, which were the debtors' lowest priority securities but which bore redemption obligations guaranteed by Sinclair. On Wednesday, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission voted to adopt a final rule requiring private fund advisors, including hedge funds, private equity funds, venture capital funds, and real estate private funds, to provide disclosures to investors and restrict certain business practices. Under the regulation, registered private fund advisors must provide quarterly financial statements to investors and undergo annual audits. However, after substantial market feedback, the agency said key aspects of the final rules will not apply to legacy contractual agreements that predate compliance deadlines for the final rule. Hawaiian Electric Industries, Malincrot, Learfield Communications, Odyssey, Smile Direct Club, Party City, and Amigram round out this week's crop of refinancings and near-term restructurings. Hawaiian Electric Industries selected Guggenheim as an investment banker and certain note holders hired Davis Polk as counsel. The company drew down $370 million from its credit facilities and suspended its quarterly dividend in order to allocate cash to rebuilding and restoring power. 
The liquidity actions come as the litigation threats over the Maui wildfires grow, with Maui County filing a nuisance and negligence suit against Hawaiian Electric Industries and its subsidiaries. The complaint alleges that the defendants acted negligently by failing to de-energize their electric equipment despite knowing a red flag warning of high fire danger and high wind was in effect from the National Weather Service. On Wednesday, Malacrat launched a citation on a prepackaged plan that the company says will reduce its first lien debt to $1.65 billion in take-back debt from $2.86 billion, equitize all of its second lien debt, and reduce cash settlement payments to the opioid MDT2 trust created in the company's first trap living case to $250 million from $1.725 billion. The restructuring support agreement provides for Malincrot to file its second trap living case on or around Monday, today, in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the District of Delaware. Under the RSA, first lien creditors would receive 92.3% of reorganized equity, and second lien creditors would receive 7.7%, both on a pre-dilution basis. Potential dilution would include a management incentive plan or MIP for up to 10% of reorganized equity and four-year contingent value rights for the MD2 trust for up to 5% of reorganized equity, struck at an enterprise value of $3.776 billion. Learfield is soliciting lender participation to restructure the company's debt out of court. The proposal, which has over 90% of term loan lenders on board, would reinstate existing debt at $0.55 cents on the dollar, resulting in a new $500 million loan to 2028. The remaining 45% of existing debt would be equitized. The resulting leverage would be around 4, 4x to 5x. Lenders will have the right to participate in a $150 million rights offering to achieve par recovery. Odyssey Inc. is preparing for a potential Chapter 11 filing to implement a debt restructuring. The radio broadcaster presented to restricted lenders two proposals, including amending and extending the first lien debt and equitizing the second lien, or equitizing both tranches. A restructuring may include debt equitization and take-back paper. However, plans may change, and the company may restructure its balance sheet on an out-of-court basis. Smile Direct Club and bondholders are working with restructuring advisors as the company is considering filing for bankruptcy amid a continued performance slump while its liquidity needs mount. The Teeth Alignment Services Provider is advised by Ropes and Gray's legal counsel, Centerview Partners as an investment banker, and FTI Consulting as financial advisor, while an ad hoc group of convertible bondholders is working with Paul Weiss and Ducera Partners. Amid tightening liquidity caused by helium shortage, industry headwinds, Anagram, Party City's non-debitor foil balloon business skipped the August 15th interest payment on its cash pick first lien notes through 2025 and entered into a forbearance agreement with the majority of its first lien and second lien note holders. Top red stories this week included Hertz note holders take make whole PPI fight to Third Circuit. Our Capita Sharia turnover litigation settles before a Second Circuit issues ruling. 20 debtors file in U.S. as higher interest rates likely to persist. China real estate contagion spreads. Court opinion review. The parade of horribles crashed into Lordstown to Curtis and KDC agribusiness. The PET two-step in Envision. Sanchez gets even wilder. SCOTUS takes Purdue. Kate Thomas is out this week, so I'll be covering the week ahead. Keep an eye out for Malincrot's anticipated Chapter 11 filing this Monday when it's expected to file its prepackaged Chapter 11 plan to equitize first lien and second lien debt pursuant to an RSA supported by holders of approximately 72% of first lien debt, approximately 71% of second lien debt, and the Opioid Master Disbursement Trust 2 established under the company's prior Chapter 11 plan. Petitioning creditors of TVS Tech will be in court on Monday and Tuesday to overcome the company's motion to dismiss their involuntary Chapter 11. On Wednesday in Puerto Rico, Judge Laura Taylor Swain will be considering the Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Advisory Authority's application for approval of a Title VI qualifying modification for the Puerto Rico Tourism Development Fund. 
Also on Wednesday, the Benefit Technologies debtors will be seeking confirmation of their plan of reorganization with the support of the Unsecured Creditors Committee after striking a deal with the committee last week. On Thursday, the Voyager Aviation debtors will move forward with seeking approval of a $743.5 million all-asset sale, including 14 aircraft and rights to acquire five additional aircraft to Azor Explorer Holdings Limited, along with participation interests in two aircraft seized in Russia and purchaser protections. Finally, on Thursday, Judge David R. Jones will be hearing the LaForda debtors' motion for a structured dismissal. Thank you again for tuning in to the Rear Primary Review and our weekly review. Find all our podcasts on the rear.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming Labor Day weekend, and see you soon. <laughs>